Thank you for joining the worship services of Shoto, Brady, and Dutton United Methodist Churches. I'm Pastor Julie King, and I'm so grateful for digital technology that allows you to join us from wherever you are in the world. You can join us every week by clicking the links on our Facebook at facebook.com shotoumc or on our website at umshoto.net. If you like what we are doing and would like to financially support us in ministry, you can find more contact information on our website, and again, that's umshoto.net. We're so grateful that you are joining us. Our scripture reading this week is from James, chapter 1, verses 17 through 27. Every generous act of giving, with every perfect gift, is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his, cre of his creatures. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness, and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and, on going away, immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious but do not bridle their tongues but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. This week, as I mentioned, next week, we're going to be starting a new sermon series. And of course, we've been doing our favorites throughout the whole summer. So this week, I thought I would kind of use this week to transition a little bit and go to the lectionary. You know, throw you guys off just a little bit. The lectionary is one of my favorite things to use, though, especially on weeks that I'm not real sure what I want to preach about. It seems like it always ends up providing the perfect scripture. So I knew several weeks ago I was going to use the lecture, and I chose the scripture from James out of the four that I was going to use. And I had no clue how much it was going to fit into exactly what was going through my feelings and my emotions and everything that God was saying to me this week. It felt like this scripture was truly a God moment for everything that could come to me, coming to me, and the ways that God was speaking to me. 
I actually didn't even put together what I wanted to talk about until last night because this week there was so much just going on in my head and I kept reflecting back on this scripture and just going through it over and over, word by word, and letting it speak to me. And so this morning I want us to really take a good look at this scripture and my hope is that it will speak to each of you as well. One of the sentences in this scripture in verse 23 is, like those who look at themselves in a mirror. That's a really strange sentence to be in scripture. James was kind of thought of as an odd duck by Martin Luther. We all, I hope, have heard of Martin Luther. Martin Luther was a very, very important piece in the Protestant Reformation. He had a huge part in us becoming who we are, even as United Methodists. But Luther, he kind of thought that James spoke about some dangerous stuff. He was known to call James an epistle of straw because he writes so much about all of this hearing and doing stuff. Luther was afraid that Christians would read everything that James is talking about and that they would forget about faith. That they would think that as they read through all of this that you could be saved just by being a good person and doing good acts. Now it's not that Luther thought that doing good or being a good person or helping out other people was bad. He did all of those things himself. He was just very concerned that people would forget about the Christ part of it, about having faith and about having a belief that Jesus had saved them from their sins. And Luther was very strong on that belief in that, yes, doing good acts and being a doer is important, but having a strong faith is even more important. So I think that Luther has an excellent point on that. But when I read through the book of James, even just in this first chapter, I think that James does tell us a wonderful story about finding faith. And I think that James talks about it a lot, especially when he talks about the word being implanted in him. See, traditionally, James is known as being the brother of Jesus. It's very debatable and there's a lot of controversy about whether James actually sat down and wrote the book of James. But it is not really debated that for sure, no matter what, it was James's closest friends and confidants and followers that may have written this and attributed it to him. We hear a lot about James, especially in the book of Acts. After Jesus died and he came back, he came to his brother James and he said, hey, I need you. I need you to step up and be a leader. And so James did. He, he became a leader. He was known as really being the leader of the church that was growing at that time. Throughout James's whole life, that's kind of what he did. He was a good person. He always did what he was told. But I really like the book of James and this letter that we read about because I think it offers us a very real perspective to being a human being. 
James also gives us a different perspective that we can get from pretty much anyone. You all know what it's like to have a family member. You get to know the real them. And I know how I am with my brother. There's things about my brother that I know that nobody else does. You see all sides of them. And so for me, as I imagine this relationship between James and Jesus growing up, I'm sure that there was a lot of that normal sibling feelings that happened for them over time. I'm sure that there was multiple times in James's life that he looked up to Jesus, that he wanted to be exactly like his big brother, and he thought his big brother was the greatest thing in the whole entire world. But James was also human, and he was a little brother. And so I'm sure that there was times in his life that he probably didn't have the best view of Jesus. He probably got mad at Jesus sometimes. They probably had some sibling squabbles. There are times in his life that he may have gotten jealous of Jesus. Jesus, after all, was treated as this wonderful gift by, his, by their mother, and Jesus was a wonderful gift. He was looked at by his father of being this just huge, miraculous human being. And maybe they didn't quite treat James that way. We don't know for sure, but I would imagine that there were definitely times in Jesus' life and James' life that maybe they didn't always get along perfectly. Something else that we do know about their life is that they were raised in a religious home. They were raised in a very strong faith. Obviously, I mean, it was the family of Jesus. Of course, there's going to be a very strong spiritual presence in their family. So James was raised in being a good person raised in doing the right thing. He probably knew the teachings of Jesus more than anyone. And he grew up doing it because that's what a good person and a good follower of Jesus does. So when Jesus comes to James and he says, hey, I need you to go be a leader, James did it. He did it because he's a doer. He was faithful to Jesus. Jesus was his older brother. And that's what you do. When your family says they need you, you do it. James did it because he was always a helper. He was always a caring person. He did it just because that's what he always did. But there came a point in James's life where he stopped for a little bit, and he talks about this looking in the mirror part in his letter. And I think that's what he did. He stopped and he took a good look at his own life. And he said, what do I see in this mirror? What is it that is reflecting back at me? And I think that maybe James didn't like what he saw. He had a different understanding. When he took a deep look at his life, he began to realize the word, the word of God that he talks about being implanted in his heart and in his soul. And in that moment, his life changed. He talked about leaving behind that old reflection and going forward with a new reflection. He talks about religion and how if we just show up on Sunday mornings, that doesn't necessarily matter. If we leave here and we go out into the world and don't practice 
what we learn from the Bible, it really does no good. And that's what James is talking about in this. He's talking about taking a good look at the reflection and then going out into the world. As James does this, he's still a doer, but now he's a doer because. He's still a servant of God, but now he's a servant because. He was still good and pure and faithful, but now he's good and pure and faithful because. Because why? He says it's because the word took root in him. I think that something that has come up over the last couple of weeks especially is that sometimes it is extremely, extremely important for each of us to stop and to take a good look in the mirror. And we are our own worst critics. Sometimes that's not a good thing, but in this situation I think it is a wonderful thing. Because when we stop and we look at who we are, it gives us a chance to really reflect about what it is that we think, what it is that we say, and what it is that we do. And if you think about your own life, what is it that is reflected back at you? Are the words that you speak to somebody else words that you would want them to speak to you? If you spoke to yourself the way that you speak to others, how would it make you feel? Or if you think about yourself the way that you've been thinking about others, are those good thoughts? Or your actions, things that you've done, are they good? Or maybe do we all need to be reminded of the scripture and the promises of God that no matter what we have done, how, mad, how bad we have messed up, God is with us and he loves us and forgives us. And we can go out into the world and go reflect Christ everywhere that we go. These last few weeks especially, it has been truly breaking my heart. I've probably been worked up about it more than I should have been. But my heart has been shattered by the response of people. The responses of people after school board meetings regarding masks for COVID, the response to people after the attacks in Afghanistan, the response of people in general. One thing I can absolutely promise you about me is I will never, ever, ever stand up here and preach a political sermon. I will never share my political views with any of you. Most of you probably have no idea if I'm Republican or Democrat because it doesn't matter. What does matter is we are all children of God. We are coming off of a very intense election year that involved COVID. That last election is still very raw for some of us. And as things happen with the military going on, as things happen with the COVID restrictions and feeling like freedoms may or may not be taken away, it makes our political fires ignite. And so many of us have begun feeling things and saying things and responding to things in ways that when we look in the mirror, it shouldn't make us proud. And it doesn't mean that we're a bad person at all. It doesn't mean that we're off track. It doesn't mean that one side is right or wrong. What it does mean 
is that none of us should want to go out into this world and intentionally go hurt somebody else with our words or with our actions or with our thoughts. If we are here in this room right now, it is because we have a relationship with God and we love God and we know that God loves us. And God loves us so much that he saved all of us from any of those bad things that we do. But God doesn't want us to keep doing them. He wants us to go out and to be good and to let others see his love through our actions and through our words and the ways that we are out in this world. A few days ago, I was scrolling through some social media posts and somebody had posted a picture. It was literally over nothing. It was just a beautiful picture they had taken. And somebody else, a complete stranger in a way, their Facebook friends, but they weren't close acquaintances, had to comment against this wonderful picture for no reason. There was no reason to be negative. But they just did it because they could hide behind a screen and think that there were no repercussions. Some of you saw my own Facebook post that I had shared yesterday, and I'm going to share some of that today because I think that as we talked about last week on our Back to School Sunday, all of us can learn from children and the innocence of them so often. This one particularly involves masks, and to be quite honest, I don't care one way or another if you wear your mask at this point or if you don't. We all have lived with COVID for a very long time. We all have our own understandings and our own beliefs, and that's fine. We don't need to argue back and forth or be hateful about it. The schools this year have had to make some very difficult decisions on how they're going to keep our children safe. And so in order to do so, they have followed guidelines from the health departments. They have done what they're allowed to do with our own government, and then they've used their own knowledge and their own reason to be able to make traditions. And what they have decided to do this year is to have the tradition of giving the students as normal of a school year as they possibly can. And so they're recommending masks. They are not required. Now, if you ask my own kids and you look at them today, you will see that they have their masks on, and it's because their mom requires it. And the reason I require it is because Ethan has asthma. He has spent a lot of days in his 11 years in the hospital, and it was without COVID. If he were to get COVID, the odds of him just going along and healing from it at home are pretty slim. He would very likely end up in the hospital, and very likely I would not be able to be there by his side all of our hospitals are filling up quickly, and there's a good chance that he might get transferred to Salt Lake City or Seattle or who knows where. And as a mother, I can't allow my child to let that, have that happen to them. So my kids wear their masks. That's our choice. That's what we do. Unfortunately, they went to school, and they had kids questioning them. They had kids making comments about it. And then as I began talking to some of my friends about it, I realized that there were some kids that had gotten made fun of on the playground so bad before even walking in the door on the first day of school that they were in tears, getting made fun of for wearing their mask. There's really no reason for it. The calling each other names or making feel somebody, somebody feel bad because of how they believe or what their actions are 
is not Christ-like. Each one of us are completely entitled to feel how we want. But we should never strive to hurt somebody else. We are called to be good people, to love each other, and to be respectful to uh, each other. And the thing that sticks out to me in this scripture the most is this wonderful reminder that everyone should be quick to listen, that we should be slow to speak, and that we should be slow to anger. That's easier said than done sometimes, especially when it is a hot button issue that can really get us fired up. It's easy to get outraged and to just let our words vomit out of our mouth and then we can't take them back. But that's not what we're called to do. So today, my hope is that each of us will learn a wonderful lesson from James. That each of us will be able to stop and to take a look in the mirror. And we will think about that reflection. What it is that we see coming back to us in our words, in our actions, and in our thoughts. This is a very personal thing for each of you to consider yourself. And it is a very personal thing to be able to stop somebody else when you see it getting heated in a conversation, whether it be in person or online, to stop somebody and say, hey, let's see how we can talk about this nicely. Let's look at how things are. Let's try to understand each other. And let's be nice to each other and not hateful. That is my hope this week, that we will all stop, that we will look and listen to what it is that we are saying and doing. And then we will let the word of God be implanted on our hearts and on our souls. And we won't walk away from that mirror and go back to what we were doing. Instead, we will take the word of God and the love of God with us and that we will go show that love to others. Amen. This morning, our hymn of reflection is Give Thanks, and it will be up here on the screen, and if you would like to follow along, it's in the Faith We Sing hymnal number 2036. Give 
give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his son give thanks with a grateful heart give thanks to the Holy One give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his son and now let the weak say I am strong let the poor say Give thanks.